Welcome to the Wild Joy Podcast, where together we will be exploring the many ways we can holistically create greater joy and vibrant health in our lives. My name is Amber, and I'm so grateful you're here with me. So let's jump in. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Wild Joy Podcast. Today, we are talking about why I think diets are terrible. It's not just that they're terrible. I mean, there are some ways of eating out there that will definitely help improve your health. Here's the thing. I still think that there is massive potential for uh, a reduction in health than actually boosting your health. And here's why. When we label ourselves as something, let's just pretend I have decided to be 100% vegan. I am more likely over time to focus on whether or not what I'm eating is fully vegan than the way it actually makes me feel. And I know this is true about myself because I have experienced it before. Um, Eating a diet high in beans and soy is not good for my body. In addition to that, I am allergic to nuts, so... A lot of sources of healthy fat and protein on a vegan diet are no longer available to me. Neither are a lot of the convenience or comfort foods that you might find. So I will admit that part of it is somewhat of a convenience thing. But also, I physically don't feel well after a few weeks eating on a vegan diet. The reverse is true about keto because I've tried that too. And I... I think that if we want to figure out where we went wrong, we have to dial it back to a concept called bioindividuality. And what bioindividuality means is that there are so many different pieces that make up true health, and that is different for everybody, not only genetically or you know, like what our gut condition is in this very moment, but also the ideas that we grew up learning about in our heads about what it means to take care of yourself, what it means to be healthy, what your definition of healthy is. All of those things add up. And what this means is that there will never, ever be one way of eating or one way of living that means everybody is living in optimal health. There will never be one single thing that every person on earth can do and feel their best because there are just too many versions of being a person. There are just too many versions of what your essential needs are. So when we take that into account and then we look out into mass media and diet culture, not only are these things based on a really unrealistic measurement of outward appearances that just isn't possible for almost everybody, even the images you see out in the media, the models in the health magazines, they've all been photoshopped. Most of them have been photoshopped, like 99% of them. If you were to see any single one of those people that we are idolizing in everyday life, oftentimes they don't look anything like what you are picturing or what you're seeing in the magazines or anywhere on media. Even uh, Instagram, where people are self-promoting and posting their own pictures, look at how many different filters there are. Look at 
um, all of the different ways in which you can learn about how to angle yourself so that your body looks better. That's bullshit. And it's also setting us up for some really unrealistic expectations. When we have those expectations, we naturally come into this thinking that we are not good enough. We're not toned enough. We're not skinny enough. We weigh too much. We're not tall enough. Our nose is too big. Our skin is too red, right? Like there is just too much here stacked up against us before we even begin to develop what healthy means for us. Then you add in, um, if that wasn't confusing enough and um, challenging enough for each of us, you add in nutrition, which is, I would like to remind you, a very new science. That doesn't mean it's bad and that doesn't mean it's wrong. What it means is that we haven't been really studying it enough to know whether or not things stand up over time. This is why you look back over several decades and you will notice that uh, in one area or one era of time, fat was the bad guy. And now we're beginning to realize that there are certain kinds of fat which are actually not only good for you, but necessary in your body. Um, Gluten got it for a while. Carbs have always gotten a really bad rap. And that's, we'll go into that on another episode. But what I'm saying is that if you pay attention, there's always some new best practice, whether it's not eating fat, whether it's eating lots of dairy, whether it's eating only meat and vegetables, whether it's eating no meat. There are a hundred different ways to eat out there. And for every single one of those, you, you are absolutely sure to find somebody who started feeling better after eating that way. Here's what we need to take into account with that. There is the bio-individuality factor. Sometimes it's because that person's own personal health is actually set up to optimally function when they eat that way. The other side of it is that if you look at the standard American diet, it's total fucking crap. So if somebody decides to eat keto all the time and they go from eating drive through food and packaged processed food to eating whole foods, no preservatives, no crap, of course they're going to feel better no matter what they're eating. So it's not just that we eat like crap, but it's also that in eating like crap and in um, internalizing and absorbing all of these messages about what's the right way to eat, how we should look, how we should feel, what will make us feel that way, we have actually forgotten how to listen to our own bodies. So when we do take on some form of healthier eating than the standard American diet and we feel better, we're amazed at how much better we feel because we have numbed ourselves and didn't realize we were feeling like crap before. When in actuality, yes, that makes us feel better, but if we were to maybe, and this is all hypothetical because like I said, everybody is different, but if that person was to scale back on the meat and add in even more fresh vegetables, they may be amazed at how good their bodies were designed to feel. We are designed to feel good. We are designed to function at an optimal level. 
I'm not talking about people who have um, certain diseases or disorders or autoimmune disease, things like that. That is separate. But in the absence of those, our bodies are designed to feel good. So what do we do? I think the first step is really starting to learn how to shut out diet culture. You are good enough the way you are now, at the weight you are now. You are worthy of feeding well. You are worthy of loving yourself. And you are worthy of finding a life that feels right and good to you. Your body size, your body shape, your weight do not qualify you or disqualify you from any certain kind of life. At least they shouldn't, right? What actually happens in everyday life might be a little different depending on the messages you receive in the world around you. However, that shouldn't have to be the case. So we need to learn how to quit listening to those outside messages, that diet culture that is surrounding us, telling us that we're not going to be happy and we're not going to be good enough until we eat a certain way and weigh a certain weight and have a certain body type or body shape. We also need to learn how to protect our children against that too, because they get it even more than we do as adults. We've already been indoctrinated by the time we're adults, so we don't realize the ways in which we are passing this down to our children. Even in talking about your own body, that is where most children learn how to love or hate themselves. I will never forget the day my four-year-old came home. She's not four anymore, but When she was four, she came home from a relative's house. She sat down on the couch and she grabbed her inner thighs and said, my thighs are so fat. My heart shattered. No child, no child should ever feel that way about their body. Naturally, I called the relative whom she had spent the day with and Of course, never in a million years would that person have said that about my daughter's body. But that's not oftentimes where our children learn this. Our children learn this because they're seeing us say it about our own bodies. So we need to start protecting our children more. And that's not just not talking to them about their bodies or their weight. It's also listening to how we talk about ourselves, how we treat ourselves. If as a child you grow up surrounded by people whom you see some sort of identity connection with and they are constantly trying to change their body, if they're constantly talking about, oh, I shouldn't be eating this, I need to go on a diet, or if they're constantly making comments about their bodies, we grow up thinking, being taught, having learned that that is how we measure ourselves. So after we address diet culture in that way, we also really need to learn how to listen to our own inner body wisdom because that's what's going to tell us what makes us feel best. It's really easy to lose this connection to that innate wisdom in ourselves that knows how to care for ourselves. 
because we receive so many messages from so many different places that isn't from within. And they all have degrees or fancy titles. Or it's a reputable, I'm, you can't see me, I have air quotes, reputable news source that's telling you about this. Over time, we receive so many of those messages that not only do we think they know better, but we just forget that we know. We know things. Our body knows things. An example of this would be um, somebody who, well, I'll use my vegan example again. There are a lot of reasons to, to adopt a vegan diet, lots and lots of reasons. And because all of those reasons were there, I ignored how sick I was until I got to the point where my adrenal fatigue came back. I was exhausted. I could barely stay awake through the day. And my body hurt. And before you tell me I should have gotten my blood levels checked or consulted somebody, I did. Everything was fine. It's because I activated my autoimmune disease again. And I ignored it for so long because there are so many reasons that it's great, but it's not great for me. And it took a lot of unlearning there to be able to accept that and feed my body in a way that feels good, that makes me feel my best because of all of those messages out there. So we need to tune back into that. I oftentimes have my clients start doing this by keeping a food journal, and I'm not talking about at 2.38 p.m. I ate 1.25 cups of steamed broccoli kind of food journal. I'm talking about for breakfast this morning, I ate this. I don't care about quantities unless you feel like it's relevant. But then talking about how you felt while you were eating it how you felt afterwards. What did your body feel like for the rest of the day? How long until you felt hungry again? Do you feel hungry when you eat? Keeping track of things like that because you'll be able to look back and notice patterns. For me, I noticed that at the time I did this, I had a gluten intolerance. Every time I ate processed carbs that had gluten in them, because that's generally the only kind I eat, not many people eat bowls of steamed wheat berries. I noticed that I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I got a little itchy. I got stomach aches. And as soon as I noticed that and took steps to remove that from my diet and change how I was getting my healthy carbs, change the fact that I was getting healthy carbs, I felt better. So we need to learn how to listen to our bodies. Keeping a food journal is one of the best places to start. Um, we also need to learn how to let go of labels. Even if you are eating what could be called a vegan diet or keto or paleo, because believe it or not, there's actually a lot of crossover in a lot of areas of those. I mean, obviously vegans don't eat meat. But other than that, at the very basic foundations of those, it's essentially asking you to eat whole foods and to eat more vegetables. That's pretty simple. 
So if we're able to let go of the labels, to let go of what the rules are of whatever diet, and really focus in on how your body feels when you eat what you're feeding it, it's going to naturally help. We need to learn how to focus in on what works for our bodies when we're hungry. The other side of this that we're going to talk about in another episode is um, what happens when we're not actually hungry. We're feeding our bodies because something else in our life is off. Um, the notion of primary and secondary foods. And that'll be next episode. But for now, I'm, I'm strictly talking about the ways in which we physically feed our body. And if you're feeling lost or you are somebody that does thrive off of a little bit of structure, here are some basic rules that I think everybody could benefit from. Eat more whole foods. Eat more vegetables. Eat when you're hungry and only until you're full. And drink more water. I don't know anybody on earth that couldn't benefit from eating whole foods, heavy on the vegetables, and listening to their hunger and satiation signals. Right? So no matter what it is that you're feeding your body, if it falls in line with those things, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn a lot about what works for you. It might suck at first because we have been uh, conditioned to treat ourselves with things that are very highly processed, like ice cream or drive through or chips or any number of other things. I also think that if we let go of the all or nothing mentality, our mental health would be 10 times better too. Because there's something to be said for the way following any sort of regimen, whether it's eating or movement or academic or anything else. If it makes us miserable, it's not going to improve our health as much as we're hoping it is. We have to be able to find joy in life. We have to be able to engage in things that lift our spirits. So if you're miserable and eating food in a certain way is just awful, you're probably not doing as much good as you think you are. And I'm not saying that there isn't going to be an adjustment period. If you are somebody who eats a crap ton of sugar and you decide to eat whole foods that aren't processed, you're naturally going to be cutting a lot of sugar out of your diet. When you cut sugar out of your diet, when you reduce your sugar intake or change the kind of sugar that you are consuming, oftentimes there are what could be called withdrawals. You get a headache, you don't feel so good, and then when we encounter the situations that triggered us feeling the need to treat ourselves with sugar, there also comes a whole set of other challenges. So it comes down to really paying attention to what you eat and why you eat it. Ignore the labels, right? Let go of the idea of diets 
and just listen to your body. Bio-individuality, it all comes back to that. We are each our own unique person. Our own unique person that is designed to feel good and deserves to be happy. You do not have to earn that. That is a birthright. Being happy, feeling like you belong somewhere, knowing that you deserve good things. If diet culture is telling you that you need to fix yourself before any of that happens, fuck that, drown out that noise, and just focus on what you can do. And I'm not saying that you have to overhaul all of this in one night. I I actually discourage against it. Just do one little thing at a time. Cut out, or don't even focus on what you can cut out. Just focus on what you're going to add more of in. If vegetables made you roll your eyes because you know you don't eat enough, I'm not telling you to cut something else out of your diet in order to make room for vegetables. Just add in more vegetables. The notion of veggies first will work wonders for you. If you eat your veggies first, if you set a goal for how many servings of vegetables a day you are going to eat, and I'm not telling you to go Google how much you should eat, I want you to listen to your own body, and I want you to be able to do this in a slow, sustainable, and natural way that will have lasting effects. So if you don't eat any vegetables consciously, focus on one serving of vegetables a day. Focus on getting that in, and whatever else you eat that might be a part of your regular diet, fine. And then once one serving of vegetables a day becomes a a fairly easy habit, Make it two or three. The more you focus on adding things in, the more your body will naturally ask for what works best for it, and you will crowd out what doesn't help you sustain that. All right. I think this is a pretty heavy subject, so I'm going to quit rambling here. I also didn't have notes for this episode. I am truly rambling in every sense of the word here, so... I may have gone off on a tangent and forgot to finish a thought or whatever. If that is the case and you are just dying to know what I was going to say, shoot me a message. Leave a, a comment below wherever you saw the posting for this episode. Let me know and I will answer it for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that wherever you are listening to this from, you have the opportunity to do one thing for yourself today that will help you feel better. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to me, Amber, and the Wild Joy Podcast. Come find me online on Instagram and Facebook as Wild Joy Amber, or reach out by sending an email to wildjoyamber at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and stay healthy, my friends.